And welcome back to All Over the Place Exercises in E Pluribus Unum, AOTP, for those of you who want to do something else with your lives more quickly. I'll give you those extra seconds by shortening it to AOTP. Welcome back. This is Eric Provoznik awaiting my erudite co-host, Jimmy C., Jim Culver, and we'll be hearing from him. And we're, we're, kind of, we're in between big guests. Uh, this seems to be the pattern right now. We're doing every other week of uh, getting guests onto the show, and we had a, such a great time with our last one when, uh, when we had Dana Pappas and Shannon Easton and... Kevin Doherty and Glenn Sillenbauer, uh, all on talking about the uh, the return of sportsmanship and civility in high school and youth athletics. And my gosh, it's been uh, been a whirlwind since then uh, out on the baseball fields. And it's just interesting uh, how how better equipped I have become as an umpire just from that that uh, one uh, one show, one conversation, one round table that we had and it was uh just not letting people get away with stuff that that's what it comes down to just being consistent and we we want uh we want fun things to happen on those baseball and and softball and and football and and name the playing field the playing surface whatever it is we want kids to be out there enjoying a game that's what it comes down to. It's a game, and I just want to thank everybody uh, one more time for being on the on our last show, episode number one hundred and five. And uh, we're just, uh, like I said, in between guests uh, coming up this weekend uh, for the, uh, the for the next episode for episode one hundred and seven because we're in one hundred and six now. See, I went from one hundred and five to one hundred and seven to one hundred and six. It's a little Tarantino, but we're doing it. Uh, don't make me do math more more than uh, more than once or twice a day, please. And. Uh, next week, next episode, we are going to be having Dr. Graham Spanier on, a former Penn State president, and he's going to be discussing his his upcoming book in the Lion's Den. And uh, I'm forgetting the the full title, but Rush to Judgment is in there somewhere. And I'm telling you, it, uh, it's an honor to have Dr. Spanier on. Look at looking forward to to him coming on promoting the book. And I uh, actually. But in the now, right now, as we are here in episode 106, just free-forming it, as we are unofficially calling it right now, the name of the episode, it happens to be August 16th, which was is the anniversary of Elvis's death. And I believe we are in the, what, 45th year. Yeah, 40, uh, 45 years. Elvis died in 1977. And uh, I just, uh, I saw the Elvis movie, uh for the second time uh, yesterday, and just uh, did not think that that movie would uh, impress me as much as it did. Baz Luhrmann, the director, uh, can be a little bit hit or miss with his eccentricities as a director, and damn it, it worked. It worked quite well, and uh, just uh, performances, the music, just watching, and just the, the presentation. If you haven't seen Elvis yet, well, you might be out of luck, because I'm not sure how much more it's lingering in theaters, but be sure to check that out, streaming or uh, DVD, if you're still renting those things. But uh, Elvis Presley le uh, left us uh, 45 years ago today, and you know what, uh, as, as we wait for Jim, I'm going to go and I'm going to take, I'm going to find it here, I should have been a little bit more ready for this, but... Uh, one of my favorite songs about the king, and it's uh, done by uh, one of my one of my favorite stand-ups of the '90s, and uh, Mr. Dennis Leary. And uh, let's listen to a little bit of Elvis, <laughs> a little bit about Elvis, and uh, on his birthday or like birthday, his birthday's in January, same as David Bowie's, and uh, anniversary of his death, which it's my nephew's birthday. That's why I'm getting confused. I'm starting to babble, folks. Let's get to some. Uh, some Dennis Leary singing about Elvis. Well, we got to do it after the ad. Oh my gosh, I, I need to be ready for these things. These are these are the things that happens when you're doing this on the fly. And oh, we got more ads coming up. We have 15 seconds worth of ads. I'm sorry, folks. Wherefore out the uh, uh, wherefore out wherefore art thou, Jimmy C? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you are. Okay. Yep. Well, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, now, now we're going to be quiet, though, as we listen to Dennis Leary sing about some Elvis. Hey, tell the colonel he can kiss my ass. Mmm, I smell bacon. Elvis is in the kitchen. Elvis and I. 
and ecstasy of madness boys We never argue or overdose He says, do I look bad to you? I say, no, King, it's not true You just have very good bones And then if I was voting over to the television Dennis Leary, Elvis, and I, as performed originally on the uh, MTV Unplugged, and Jim, welcome. <laughs> you you come on, and then I'm like, oh, no, not be, no, we got to do something else. <laughs> Sorry about that. Jim's got the phone working now, and and I, and I and I, and I just I just clip the wings. That's just not cool on my part. I'm sorry. I get your message. I know what you're trying to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how are things going, my man? Uh, fresh, fresh off of the vacation. Oh, they're going pretty good. Finally got my got rid of my sea legs uh, after about a week or so. Uh, and uh, yeah, beautiful weather up here in the northwest. And uh, you know, getting back in the swing of things and doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing a okay down here in uh, the the polar opposite of weather from where you are here in the desert. But you know, it's uh, you put up with June through or Juneish through Septemberish because the rest of the year is just so damn awesome down here in the Valley of the Sun, the Phoenix metro area. So yeah, but the things I get to do baseball year round here, which is why I moved here. So uh, no complaints whatsoever. So yeah, just and uh, right before you came on, I was just uh, mentioning the the previous show and just uh, you know uh, the, the uh, helping with the sportsmanship and civility in the sport uh, youth and high school sporting climate and it's uh, 
already that that one show and the conversations within it have uh, already made me a better umpire in terms of uh, oh uh, what do I say we we as umpires we are uh, we make the game just helping the game flow in terms of uh, you know just uh, keeping people in line and uh, and and just keeping the game moving and uh, keep, making it fun for. Uh, or not just not just the kids on the field, but for everybody who's there should be having a good time because it's the greatest game, as far as I'm concerned. But whatever sport works for you, just uh, help facilitate. That's the word I was looking for, facilitate. But yeah, that's the glue that holds the game together. Words not often said, much like you know, nice weather up in the Northwest, as you said earlier. But yeah, <laughs> words said about uh, sports officials. Yeah, we we do what we can. We do what we can, but uh, yeah, but uh, just uh, I was uh, getting dates confused. Of course, uh, Elvis's uh, anniversary, 45th anniversary of Elvis's death. And uh, have you seen the Elvis movie with uh, Austin Butler and I Tom Hanks? Seen that yet. I've heard it. I've heard really good things from people all across the spectrum uh, are all saying it's very good. So looking forward to it. Well, uh, just it's one person's vote, but my mother, I, I can't believe she 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 truly dug it. She said it's already in my top five movies of all time. I'm like, wow. That's a pretty bold statement from Barbara and Provosnik there. Well, I find, I think it's hard to improve on uh, Bruce Campbell's take on him in Bubba Hotep, but uh, <laughs> but I think uh, but that's a, that's a high bar to clear. So yeah, so uh, I think I'm sure this one is excellent as well. It's it's funny because it's true. <laughs> but but some people go to Kurt Russell as the definitive Elvis back in the uh, the the TV movie. Indeed, and he even kind of sort of reprised that in 3,000 Miles to Graceland, which is... Exactly. Most people probably don't remember these days, but it was kind of Kurt Russell as Elvis trying to fit into a, a semi-Tarantino movie, which was entertaining for for its time, but probably not very memorable these days. I liked it when it came out. I, I, I uh, You know, like you said, uh, today's well, today's climate, I don't care. And that's, that's something I wouldn't... I don't, we're going to get to that in a second. But you know what? This is all over the place. Let's just skip and bop and jump all over the place. As I was watching, you know, some comments on uh, on Facebook or whatever, social media, what it was, it's probably Facebook, but, uh, oh, this movie couldn't be made today. I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. Make the movie. You know what? If it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm I'm very tired of hearing that because it's like you can't even look at you can't even look at a YouTube clip of a movie scene or a or a joke that a comedian tells without somebody saying you can't say that today. And it's like if everyone stopped saying you can't say that, then people would start saying it again. You know, it's it, it's there's so much enforced mindset going on with that that you know it's like nobody's holding the wheel on what we're allowed to say. We just have to, you know, everyone that tells us tells us we can just tell them to f off. You know. <laughs> And, well, uh, and all the, the trying to cancel Friends or cancel Seinfeld because it's, it's okay. Yeah, that's what it was at the time. That's and you know, and I don't want to say there's an evolution or a, or a devolution. It's it's thin skins that can't handle it now. Completely. Well, and it's thin skins, and it's people that are that are being educated and trained to look for. Uh, look for offense and look for faults in society everywhere they go. And if you look for society, for a fault in society everywhere you go, of course, you're going to find it. So, you know, we, we need to we really need to break out of that mindset. And, you know, just if you're being told a story, then just enjoy the story and don't look for, you know, holes to poke in it and, and hidden meanings that don't exist. Just enjoy the story, you know. That's what it comes down to. I, I don't like that they said this. I don't like it. That's why I was uh, driving around here in uh, um, the, the the Arizona roads, and there I got behind a uh, a vehicle, and I'll, I'll save the what kind of vehicle it was, uh, but the license plate was T R number one G G R. There might have been a one after it, whatever added up to seven, but it was trigger trigger one or whatever it was. And I'm thinking, well, it's a Jeep. So something tells me that's not someone who's a millennial slash thin-skinned or whoever it is. That's someone who likes to pull the trigger here in the lovely state of Arizona. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I saw a, uh, along that, that vein, I was driving around the other day and I saw a uh, very large pickup truck that had a bumper sticker that said, I identify as a Prius. <laughs> Anything to get your gas exemptions or you being able to ride in the carpool lane with only one person in the car. 
yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, around here, this is how draconian we're getting. You, you, you can't even write in the carpool lane with multiple people. You have to, you have to actually buy a, uh, buy a like a like a pay like a toll to drive in the diamond lane now. What? So that's that's. Well, actually, yeah, this that's doesn't surprise me. Up here, yeah, it's where, where you are. Here. It's yeah. They first they first they they uh, make us sit in traffic in construction for you know, a couple of years saying this is your tax dollars at work. And then they finally widen the freeway and they say, oh, and you have to pay a toll to ride in it every time. So got, got to love it. God, my head, my headache was just starting to go away <laughs> and <laughs> it reappears. But oh, okay. about being in a blue state all day, but uh, well, and, and, you know, and they try to push them out because all the California, well, actually, what is the evolution of how, Washington got to where it is politically. I mean, were, was it more? Was it California expatriates? I don't and know. that's what everyone. But is it a Colorado type setting? And then now the you know it shifted so much, people are wanting to leave. But but actually, let me back that up really quick because it's really just the Seattle area, right? And everywhere else in Washington leans right. Yes, that's correct. Uh, basically, uh, you know, King County. Just Seattle, Tacoma, or Queen County, as some of us call it, uh, <laughs> is, is basically the only real liberal county in the area and the state. And uh, so, so part of it is just the population kind of tipping things a certain way. Um, but in which people can blame on California, which you know, I mean, that's a that's a, a standard refrain out here. Obviously, um, that's been going on for a long time. Obviously, but. Uh, but, you know, I really think there's more to it than that, because Washington was a uh, was a red state up until, I believe, 2004. And hmm. then uh, which which was about the time they instituted uh, voting by mail. And, <laughs> and after that, somehow, suddenly it became a deep blue state and has remained so ever since. Um, to the point where, where, I mean, it flipped from being a red state to uh, John Kerry, actually, in 2004. John Kerry got a higher percentage of the vote here than he did in his home state of Massachusetts. And I don't know if that happened just because Californians move in in the course of a couple of years, that flip. I, but it, but but vote by mail did happen during that time. So, you know, draw your own conclusions. What, 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 are, what are you saying? Are you saying that more than one vote was sent? What? I know elections can't be stolen, according to the people that spent four years saying that Trump stole the election. Um, but, you know, it's it's possible. You know, I'm just just throwing it out there. <laughs> Could be an apocryphal situation. We're just throwing it out there. Yep, exactly. Uh, Michelle Macken I... actually spent spent years uh, writing about the some of the, the really fishy elections that we had out here back when she lived up in Seattle. And wrote some really good, really good articles on the subject, which of course got completely memory hold by the mainstream media. But. Michelle Malkin, there's a name I have not thought about in a while. I used to read her religiously, and then I don't know when or why that stopped. She probably went to a pay site, is my my only guess. Yeah, she started up some blogs that have done well, uh, Twitchy and Hot Air, and some of those others, and uh, seems to just kind of be focusing on being kind of a queen pin of those. Uh, rather than writing her own stuff. So hmm. that's kind of where she's at right now, I think. I remember uh, when uh, we had the uh, the Freedom Fest way long ago, back in the early 2000s down, down in L.A., and uh, Jason and Gavidnini. Is those the two? Yeah, that's the, those two uh, with the Freedom Fest. And uh, Michelle, uh, there was the documentary on, on Ann, Ann Coulter, and then somebody mentioned that you know Michelle Malcolm would be a good uh, a, a good person to center on that one and uh, do a documentary on her. And then uh, Anne actually liked that idea, if I remember correctly. And uh, that's pretty much the last I remember. You know, with uh, Michelle Malcolm as documentary subject, but not like uh, you're saying she's uh, got her own little empire, though. I mean, I'm going to need to do some digging later today. <laughs> God forbid I prep for the next show. You know, I got... <laughs> for the week. Prep, prep is for cramming five minutes before the the interviewee comes on, right? Exactly. I, and I would never do something like that. I can tell you that. No, no, never. No. It's 
Well, I've already told people who our next guest is. So part of me, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got the, I know the lay of the land, but uh, in, in reading uh, Dr. Graham Spanier's book in the lion's den, just about the rush to judgment in the uh, Penn State situation uh, associated with Jerry Sandusky, and I, I will call it the scandal. Um, I, my prep doesn't need to be as extensive, but I'm telling you, I'm reading the book, and I'll, well, I'll get more into this on uh, when we uh, record on Sunday. But man, I got to I got to start taking Lovastatin all over again. My my blood is just uh, the ire is getting up, but we'll, we'll save that for Sunday and and uh, the next one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, but right, back to uh, the Elvis and the the the, the movie and with uh, Austin Butler, just to me, and a lot of people were saying, oh, he's too young, he's too that. And I was like, his features were too effeminate. I'm like, well, you know, you look at some pictures of Elvis back in the day, and Elvis certainly, he was the man. But um, you, you put you put makeup on, you do all that kind of stuff. But um, as much as I liked Austin Butler's performance, everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be, you know, it's going to be the next, you know, like a, a Rami Malek, you know, in portraying Freddie Mercury or Jamie Foxx portraying Ray Charles. Uh, and I, I go back to, and here's another Elvis, and it was a very, very brief Elvis performance, and I don't believe we even saw a full on in the camera, but uh, Val Kilmer as Elvis in True Romance cannot be forgotten. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Val Kilmer, I mean, man, between Elvis and Jim Morrison, I don't, he was like channeling dead people back in the 90s. He was <laughs> something else, man. And Wyatt Earp, well, uh, uh, not Wyatt oh, Earp, but Doc, Doc Holliday in, in the way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he did have uh, quite the uh, the mark on that one. He, he had the lock stock on that one. But and, and I, but see, for me, portrayal of a musician, I, I, I go to him as the – he and Jamie Foxx as the standards because they became their characters. They became the people they were portraying. And as much as I liked Joaquin Phoenix in Walk the Line – to me, I never felt he was doing more than a very good impression of Johnny Cash. Right. Yeah, I, I liked Walk the Line, but I felt like his performance, he was, I, I, I saw a lot of improv in there that mm-hmm. more like more like his interpretation of Johnny than Johnny. Sure. That's just my opinion, but uh, it felt like he was saying, okay, well, this, you know, he's hopped up on pills, so he would do this weird, crazy thing. And, you know, but it, it felt more like an actor's choice than reflected the person he was playing but uh, you know not taking it away from anything away from the movie or the performance but uh but it definitely felt very actory to me yeah and, and i think there's a distinct reason why reese witherspoon won for her portrayal as june carter cash i think she again she became the character she became the person she she inhabited that space and and for me austin butler is kind of somewhere in between that and the, the movie certainly succeeds, at least in my book, a, a lot based off of what I, I mentioned earlier with Baz Luhrmann and just the way he his his style fits perfectly with Elvis and just the way that he did it and just the beats, everything. Again, can't recommend it enough. Look, look, looking forward to owning that one. I'm even going to go Blu-ray on that one so I can get some bonus features. Nice. Which I'm sure we'll just wind up on YouTube at some point anyway. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh yeah, I've never been a, a huge Boz Lerman fan. I didn't really like Moulin Rouge. It just wasn't my thing. But, uh, but I mean, the man definitely has a unique vision for what he does. And that's sorely needed these days, I think. So I think it's, I think it's honestly a miracle that somebody like Boz Lerman can get a movie made these days when, when any, you know, anything over $10 million budget is just so cookie cutter. You know, it's all for, you know, is and I'm probably, probably, okay boomering myself but i mean you know just so many <laughs> so many franchises and sequels and and cgi and everything it's which you know some of it's a lot of fun but there's just so much of it it's so ubiquitous right now that uh you know when you get you get a boz lerman or a scorsese or somebody like that that just really d- sticks to their vision uh it's it's kind of a minor miracle these days it seems like no definitely and it's uh, and uh, well, it's st- sticking with Austin Butler and I, I was um, as I want to do with one of my uh, favorite movies of the last few years uh, and it quickly vaulted to the top of my Tarantino list I uh, one of the guy, one of the younger kids that I, I work with uh, he mentioned one of his favorite movies is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which really I'm like uh, for uh, <laughs> working with so many people I work in a movie theater well, actually, I work in a restaurant 
that shows movies. <laughs> but uh, right. uh, and which is no complaint. I don't, it sounds like I'm going to be bad mouthing, but uh, we, we joke about the locations here. There's a uh, majestic in Tempe that is a theater that also serves food. They're much more movie geeky over there. And I work with the staff where I work is just, it's more of a, a restaurant atmosphere and very few people you can actually talk movies with. So, and so to hear that from, uh, and there's kids, his age, kids, his age, and there's okay. Boomering me. I'm Gen X, damn it. Uh, but, uh, they don't even know who uh, the character Jeff Spicoli or that. And, and on that note, they, this kid didn't even know who Sean Penn is. Let alone, we have a, we have a, a pizza called you know, uh, Spicy Spicoli. And he's like, Spicy Spioli? No, no, no. And here we are on the 40th anniversary, all these anniversaries this week, uh, 40th anniversary of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm like, there are just, I think, certain movies, and maybe, is it a generational thing? I don't know, but there's certain uh, movies you need to see. And I think Fast Times at Ridgemont High, from a high school standpoint, is one of those movies. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, you know, considering what, what Sean Penn turned into, I have no problem if somebody doesn't know about him, but, uh, <laughs> but the movie itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because I, I, you know, I, I've, I've kind of been hooked on uh, these movie reaction YouTube YouTubers lately, you know, and they're usually millennials uh, who are kind of going back and watching, you know, 80s, 90s movies, especially 80s. So they're kind of catching up on all the classic 80s movies that were before their time. And uh, it's really interesting watching the reaction to them. Uh, definitely with uh, the John Hughes movies, there's oh, kind yep. of a lot of uh, bristling at, at some of the language, some of the jokes. Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. Don't need food. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they obviously enjoy them, but they just kind of, you, you just kind of get a feeling that there's just, this stuff is so different. The tone of it is so different from what's being made now. It's, you know, you realize that how much of our entertainment is just shrink wrapped for this Twitter sensibility, you know, and just to make everybody happy and try to make everybody happy. And, and, uh, you know, whereas, whereas in the past, even mainstream movies, there was enough artistic freedom. You feel like there was an artist just doing their thing. You know, John Hughes was just able to write what he wanted to write and reflect whatever, whatever idea was in his head. And nowadays, if you, if you try to make a teen movie like that, it would be like Netflix puts out teen movies all the time. And they're so like, just mind numbingly woke, you know, you, you have teenagers, they all have, uh, you know, they're all, they're all alphabet people, they all have uh, colored hair, and they all talk in these, these woke uh, uh, platitudes that people don't use in real life, except on Twitter. You know, and, you know, and you, you can just picture these, you know, these 58 year old executives at, at Netflix just going, oh, this is how the kids talk. Right. You know, I don't I don't have kids because I've never had them. But that's obviously how the how teens talk these days. Right. Or they or they want everyone to think that. So, uh, well, you know. you're the one with the with the the uh, son on, on, on the brink of teenage dumb. Is, is that how they're talking? What are they saying? Oh, geez. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know. Things have to be repeated here. I, I, I did hit explicit for this particular show, just in case. You never. It's I'm the son of a sailor and grandson of Marines. Right. I might let something drop. Uh, I do my best not well, to. So you meet the you, you know you meet the odd kid who can be that way. But I, honestly, I mean this, and, and I live in probably one of the most liberal suburbs in America. But honestly, I mean, you know, mo most of the kids these days are are just normal kids. You know. They just want to play video games and, you know, read books and, and, and watch, you know, they usually watch anime. They don't watch cartoons anymore because cartoon, cartoons now suck, but they watch anime. Um, but they just, you know, they, they're very nor tend, tend to be very normal people living very normal lives. And yeah, when you try to hit, with, hit them with that Twitter speak, they, you know, they say, what, like, what planet are you from? And they don't, they don't get it. So, you know, I think that's mostly older folks that, you know, that, that have Tumblr blogs and think that's how kids are in real life. But no, it, no, that generally isn't isn't reflected in reality. And <laughs> that that actually uh, struck struck a, a nerve with me because uh, I'm the theater where I work. I, I recently joined the the ranks. We, we host movie parties, and I'm I, a new new to the hosting game now. Mm -hmm. And we had, we're looking at the schedule down the line, and uh, coming up uh, was I, I saw Metropolis. Like oh. German expression, yes. I, and then I forgot that it was a, it was in our, our uh, one of the theaters is an animation Monday or Anna Mondays, 
and it's Metropolis. It's an anime movie. Yeah, an anime, they made the anime movie in 2000. And they called it Metropolis. You, you shouldn't know. You can't do that. <laughs> it's, it's like when I know the band The Firm, for me, is Jimmy Page, Paul Rogers, and Chris Slade, and Tony Levin. And it's not a hip-hop band from the 2000s. And it's, this is happening more and more. People are just co-opting names. And, and I get, I'm admittedly confused. I need to do my homework. I don't want to be called doddering yet. I'm not even into my mid-50s. I'll get there eventually. I understand this. But I have decided that I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to forge on. I'm going to go watch Petropolis. I'm going to continue to be the host there. I want to learn some more. Anime typically not my thing, but I'll give it a shot. Well, I can give you some recommendations, but because there's some of it you just generally want to stay away from. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the Metropolis version is pretty good, and some of the others. But uh, yeah, as far as you know, remakes and things like that, you know, foreign countries just don't care about. No, I, I, I get it. I do. India just did a straight up remake of Forrest Gump, and it's just an Indian <laughs> guy basically doing everything Forrest Gump did, and nobody batted an eye. You know, nobody cares. So. You know, it's just there's not a lot of regard for oh we have to maintain the you know the the artistic integrity of this. It's just no, we'll just remake it and make and cash in on it. We don't care, you know. So, uh, I mean, I agree. It's it's probably going to be you know most 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 of these remakes are terrible, but you know, like I say, they're just cash ins. So, uh, yeah, and anime is an interesting bird because it's kind of the best and worst artistically. Some of it is amazing and. Like, you know, like Miyazaki does animated films better than I think anyone in, in, anyone over here can touch, honestly, better than maybe. And those, those are really, that, that's been my, my experience with yeah. with uh, the anime world is Miyazaki. And I'm just being fortunate enough to be around uh, in my waning days at, at Disney is when they're starting to do the American or the English dubs of those. Right. And getting to watch the, the people cycle in and out of the recording booth and getting to meet a couple of them was cool. And I am proud to say, and I sit here looking at my autographed baseball from Billy Crystal, um, his uh, spot in Howl's Moving Castle came about because of me. Nice. Very he cool. was, because uh, he, uh, he was approached to do it, and he just didn't feel comfortable because he had already done, he'd done his Mike Wazowski the stuff for Monsters, Inc. He's like, I, I don't know if I can do that, and friend of mine who's a casting director he had heard me doing some things i said well here's the album where all the voices that i do or a lot of the voices originated with this album uh billy crystal's marvelous and let my friend borrow the disc just so he could understand me <laughs> and uh he was listening to it and, he, and then he went back and he reapproached billy and said why don't you do the voice more along the lines of your frankie and willie character the oh i hate when that happens oh that stuff. And that led to him getting into Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. That is quite a claim to fame there. Oh, yes. I, I, am, I am always tangential. Uh, did I say that right? Tangential? Uh, yeah. Uh, never first place. Always second place. Always. <laughs> I, 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 I am the poorest, poorest man's Forrest Gump in terms of being able to connect to certain things. Or uh, and, and here's another thing. Oh, I am. I love being able to jump all over the place. Um and, and, you know, I was going to play a different, uh, well, actually, I, I'm going to close with a different Weird Al song. I just got uh, my father's accordion. I am looking now at an accordion from 1950, let's see, Death, he was nine, nine or ten when he did this. It was like 1956, 1957, vintage accordion, still in perfect shape, a Gialetti. And nice. so, naturally, I've, I've been uh, doing my best to uh, take uh, accordion lessons with, uh, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a day, uh, courtesy of the fine folks at YouTube. And just work on my one four five, my G C F, G C F, yeah, uh, one four five. And uh, with uh, Weird Al, and uh, so I've been listening to a lot of the weird one lately. But he's gotten away from his accordion in recent years. It's like you know, but he's he's become more of an artist, and and God bless him for it. And the and uh, a lot of people consider the uh, the accordion the devil's instrument. I do not, but my last name is Pervoznik. We're not allowed to consider that instrument the devil's music. So, uh, but he did a uh, a great song called "Lame Claim to Fame." And that was that's pretty much in my head during our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love when there's fellow fans of the of the Al. Yeah, not one of his, not one of his best hits, but definitely an entertaining song. 
and and so, and I grew up, you know, in California, tangentially, uh, you know, not not that far from from the showbiz world. So I have have a couple of those lame claims of fame myself. But like, <laughs> well, like well, hit us with one. We, we've heard we've heard one of mine, and God knows through the course of this, not this episode per se, but uh, the, the course <laughs> of the all over the place. Uh, run we'll hear uh, more of them i'm sure uh, as i roll my own eyeballs here but uh give us one of yours jim uh well i mean it's more it's more just tangential stuff like uh you know i you know i knew a guy who who who's or i dated a girl in, in high school whose whose dad played soccer with brandon lee you know that kind of thing uh, oh so it's but it's you know so it's not really directly in, involved but i but I was, since you brought up Weird Al, I will uh, tell, uh, if you don't mind, a story from a, a Weird Al concert I went to. Oh, I love hearing Weird Al concert stories. Are you kidding me? And, and then we'll, we're going we're gonna to leapfrog from that into a different Weird Al concert story coming up. So okay, fair enough. hit me. Okay, so first concert I ever went to in college, with me and, me and all my buds got tickets. It was actually at the top of a, a ski mountain in Idaho. And he, you know, so we're, somehow Weird Al and his band and all this stuff got up there on top of this mountain uh, called Silver Mountain in Idaho. And, um, so me and my, my buds all went up there. You, you have to write a gondola to get up there. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we got front row seats. Um, it was our first, my, my first time ever at a concert like that. Um, but we were thinking, you know, it was going to be this wild hop and party concert. So, so me and my friends all, all, all decide, okay, so when Al comes out, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to rush the stage first and we'll be the first ones to get up there. And, uh, so so Al comes on, he starts playing Gump, which is always his well, always his leadoff song at that time. He starts playing that. He sounds amazing. We all we all get up out of our chairs and rush the stage and we're like, yeah, way to go, Al. And we look back and everybody else is just calmly sitting in their chairs. The, the, entire, the entire audience is just calmly sitting there watching us, these, uh, us five idiots run up to the stage and uh, it just just look like complete fools and you know security just didn't even try to be uh assertive with us the get security guy just kind of looked at us like okay come on sit down idiots <laughs> so we sheepishly sat back down but uh i i think i think me and my friends have been to some some say harder harder uh, rock uh, audiences uh with some harder, harder rock audience audiences in the past and we we're expecting something a little more hardcore so um uh, so yeah that wasn't uh wasn't our, our best day, but we still had a great time at the show. And, uh, and yeah, Al puts on an amazing show. I'm sure you, I'm sure you know that, but, uh, seven times he, he, he's tied with Mellencamp for the most people on act I've seen the most times. So, yep. I'm, I'm an owlophile. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know how he does it. He, you know, running off and changing costumes between each, each song. And, and I mean, the guy just was just, and it works amazingly hard on his shows. I don't know how he does it. Well, I'm telling you, I, I was looking forward to making it number eight, but we're going to explain why when we get back. But, you know, now that Jim and I have shared our lame claims to fame, and actually, before we go, did, at least, did Al or anybody in the band at least acknowledge you? No, they, they were just they were just too busy playing their music. But, uh, you know, I think we were probably the only people in the history of the world that have ever rushed the stage at a Weird Al concert. And we just didn't we didn't we did not read the room. I'll put it that way. <laughs> See, all you had to do was wait a couple of tours and you could have gotten a mosh pit going to the angry white boy polka. Uh, would have been, yeah, lamest mosh pit ever. Maybe I would have actually fit in there. I don't know. There you go. See? Well, on that note, here, we're going to take a little uh, music break here, as we often do, and I'm going to play DJ. We're going to go with a little bit of Weird Al and Lame Claim to Fame by his latest album. Mentor, my God, this album was eight years ago. He hasn't had a full album in eight years. Oh, Al, wherefore art thou? Oh. All right, we'll be back in three minutes and 45 seconds. Here's Weird Al, Lame Claim to Fame. Brother! 
Yankovic from the Mandatory Fun album, Lame Claim to Fame. And I, I, I don't know about you, Jim, but I really appreciate the fact that when he's saying, I know a guy, I know a guy, I know a guy, connecting to Kevin Bacon, he says, I know a guy six times. <laughs> yep. I got to say, I love, I do love the cowbell on that song. Got to have the cowbell. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, a lot of people they, they point out you know like uh, or they you know a lot of music I shouldn't say a lot of people a lot of music fans friends of mine they, you, we talk about you know bands who have been together the longest with with uh, the, the lineup being the same and you know ZZ Top of course until Dusty Hill passed away a couple of years ago had that for a long time U2 I think is the only band that ha- still has their original lineup intact but God knows what they're doing these days in terms of more music or whatnot but. Weird Al has had the same band since he started making albums in the early 80s. Yeah, I think I remember a quote from him. It was back in the 90s saying that he, uh, he, he he's amazing because that he's uh, lasted longer than most of the song, the bands he's parodied at that point. And that was like 20 years ago when he said that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just, yeah, just, just incredible. But I mean, there's, you know. That's that's the beauty of I guess of of try, of satirizing culture is there's always going to be culture around to satirize and so there's a, definitely some longevity in that if you're good at it. Well, I, I do what I can to uh, spread the the weird owl love because you know, especially on, on getting back to the baseball and softball fields, uh, kids will have their walk up music from time to time, and I I get excited when I hear like the start of you know uh, a song that Weird Al parodies, and it's the actual song, which is isn't always a bad thing. But uh, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I'll go up and I'll talk to the parents, whoever's doing the DJing on that one, and say, can you do me a favor? In between, at some point, play the Weird Al parody. And they're like, he's still around? I'm like, oh, <laughs> of course he is. And so I, I want the kids to understand because I, <laughs> let's, let's face it, you know, yes, I, when you go to, I, I always love that Al, Al says, you, you go to one of my shows that you've got from age three to age 93. But Al's humor typically falls in the early teens right. kind of kind of kind of humor, unless you know, uh, at least the, the old stuff did. Now, now he's much more intellectual now, uh, or has been for a while. He's just a smart guy, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> but uh, kids just don't want to have fun anymore. They don't. They don't. Who's, who's Weird Al? I'm like, Ugh, boy. and I'll play it for him. I was like, that's stupid. I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, if you if you wait eight years between albums, it's kind of hard to stay relevant with the, the culture. And God knows the culture is giving him plenty of opportunity to to mock it. But he seems to be uh, slowing down as far as as far as, um, you know, ju- kind of jumping on that those parodies. And so that makes him a little bit less relevant. To- That's that, that is true. But fortunately, he has given us some uh, he'll he, he understands the culture. He understands the making albums is what he used to be. And, and, and frankly, a lot of bands, the the you know, the longer your career, the more you're given the opportunity, financially speaking, to take those breaks. I mean, used to be album and tour a year, rinse, cycle, repeat. That's true. But then you you get a little popularity, and you can take two, three years sometimes. But yeah, that was unheard of for Boston to take what eight to eight years, I think, in between their second and third albums. Def Leppard taking 
what, 83 to 86, 87 between uh, pyromania and hysteria. Unheard of back then. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to stay relevant, but we, Al does put stuff up on, uh, he'll, he'll do some iTunes clips or like the AOL studios or just uh, directly to the streaming services. So but yeah, it, it is definitely much harder now to stay relevant. And, and as we mentioned earlier, like, kids just don't have the senses of humor that they used to. So they, they don't, they don't want to seem uncool that they're laughing. But hey, go to weird. But I'd love to, as I mentioned a little before we uh, took the song break, I was looking forward to seeing Al on his latest tour. He's going back out. And he's I can't remember the how he's uh, named it, but it's part two of a series that he did uh, a few years ago. And where he's just going out, he's it's kind of like a, it's not a truly acoustic set, but it's it's much more scaled back than his normal show. So he's not running off in between songs, putting the uh, the video clips up there. So he can change into his new costumes. It's just a more organic Al, and I was looking forward to it. He was going to take the number one spot on my artists I've seen multiple times. He's going to be number eight, and which pales in comparison. I, I got to give a shout out to to my friends AJ Laird and Ryan Hopak. Uh, these guys are they take Al fandom to huge, impressively uh, repetitive and and just fandom. Uh, going, they've seen Al got it well over sixty times. I think in Ryan's case, AJ's probably not too far behind him. But you, you meet these people at these shows. Oh, there's my three hundredth weird Al show. I'm like, what? More power to you. But uh, this will be my eighth. But he, at last check, he is still requiring either a uh, jab pass or a uh, pr- proof of jab or uh, you know ha- having a, a negative. COVID test within 24 to 48, however many hours it is before a show. He's still making people adhere to that when they buy a ticket. Right. Or you don't, or you don't get to buy no ticket. You don't get a no Coke. Yeah. And- Which is disappointing. I mean, here's a guy who is intellectually far and above what people expect from a guy who, who has made parody, who has started out in parody and, and has since gone on to so many more verbose and impressively verbose things. Um, and, and irony of ironies, he contracted COVID earlier this summer, and he's vaccinated. Yep. Well, I mean, and yeah, there's no, there is no doubt he's a very smart guy. But uh, you know, he also he also has his own political point of view, which doesn't come out very often in his music. But you know, you listen to a song like Trigger Happy, and it's pretty obvious which side of the the, the aisle he's on politically. Uh, you know, which again, he he rarely makes it a um, an. A, a part of his entertainment, but, you know, uh, but, you know, as, as smart as he is, you know, as Thomas Sowell likes to say, it's, uh, you know, intelligence doesn't necessarily make you smart. If you have, if you have certain points of view that, that kind of dampen down on, on where that intelligence takes you. So, uh, you know, and, and honestly it, that, I mean, it could just be his record label uh, doing that, not him. I don't know. Uh, well, here, here's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out there for you because right. I and, and this is this is a not so lame claim to fame. I was very fortunate uh, in one of the uh, tea parties where I got to speak and perform back in uh, I want to say twenty, it's maybe nine or ten uh, up in uh, La Cañada, California, and also on the bill that day was Victoria Jackson. And she and I got to talk beforehand, and we were talking, you know, just about. And I mentioned I, I got to bring up UHF, and I just so. Uh, well, she may have brought up Al's name, and then I, I'm not going to miss any opportunity to talk about Weird Al, um, and uh, her her experience on UHF, and you know the the friendship they had maintained through the years. Uh, and she is convinced. And again, this is, I don't think Victoria said we were off the record on this one. So, uh, but it's. Uh, Al did keep his politics very out. It was non-existent. And even a song like Trigger Happy, I think, is more for the effect of, you know, uh, making a funny song. Um, although maybe, maybe the hidden gem, who knows? But it, and what, what's the saying uh, that we, we, uh, we, we brought up all the time as members of Friends of Abe? How do you know somebody's, uh, how do you know someone leans to the right? You never hear about their politics. These days especially, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, so, yeah, that, but once Al 
got married, his wife very, very left and kind of, I, I, it was kind of maybe nudging him forward in that regard. And, and maybe he did, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make excuses for him because at this stage of the game, this whole vax jab pass, it's not even a vaccination, the jab pass and requiring people to jump through hoops to show that you don't have a virus that you're going to kick in 24 hours anyway, to, and, which is not to say certain people, have, <laughs> the, the fats and the olds, that's, that's pretty much who it affected uh, to, to the worst conditions uh, more often than not. It, it's, it's a bad flu, folks, more often than not. Um, it's disappointing that you know it, it's become politicized to not attend a Weird Al show or not be able to attend a Weird Al show. And I hope by the time the next tour rolls rolls around that I'll get to go see him. Hopefully, I'll be a lot better at the accordion at that stage and uh, maybe play along, uh, not on stage with him. God, that'd be a dream. But because uh, I had so much fun at his last show, it was the uh, strings attached that he did with the local orchestras whenever he rolled into the the town where he was playing. I'll bet that was a blast. Oh, good lord, it was awesome. The orchestra was the opening band. And they played what uh, I think it was four song, four movie themes, and then they came out and accompanied Al during certain songs, and it was just mind-blowingly awesome. That a, a guy who can adapt and 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 to, to take his songs to a, a different level, which you wouldn't think that he's already just doing either a style parody or you know a, a straight-up parody to to make it uh, make it classy with some orchestra, class up the joint. So it sounds like but, he's uh, he's the uh, the Prince Harry of uh, music, where he's he avoided he avoided politics until he married somebody who who nudged him in her direction. Oh my God, that's that's not a bad comparison, not bad at all. Mm. Prince Harry, we we thought we knew you out there on the battlefields doing what's right for your country. Evil California women, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's some good ones. Don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I'm struggling to come up with a few right now, but yeah, it, there are some. But they get you. They get you good. I, but, I, keep, uh, do, I keep trying to think of one, but all the ones I think of are from somewhere else. So anyway. Transplants, exactly. So, hey, I also I want to take take some time right now. Uh, we've had someone listening to us uh, joining in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Eric. Uh, there's a lot of different symbols. I'm looking here on the, uh, the, live, the live stream that we're doing, but uh, Eric... Uh, and ends with 2003, and uh, really appreciate him uh, listening to us. He said he uh, came, uh, found out about us on Twitter. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to think. Of and uh, you just let us, uh, Eric, let, let us know. Was that uh, via, what, which show did you uh, did you come across us? Was, was it the, uh, the the Nick Searcy, the Christian Toto, or uh, last week's show with the uh, the baseball or the, and the sports? Uh, whatever got you here. Hey, hey, Jim, do, do we want to get our first caller? Welcome oh, he's, hey, are, are you there? No, wait, no, it's, uh, let's see if I can invite him in. Yes, I'm inviting him in. Eric, are you with us? Um, yes, I can. I actually discovered you guys on the Podbean Live page, and I looked up your username and found you on Twitter, and it matched where you mentioned um, a city in Arizona. That's me. For the last five and a half years, I, I'm a uh, Arizonan, Phoenician, Metro Phoenician, I guess. Yeah, so uh, yeah, glad glad you discovered us. Glad glad, glad you're joining us. Um, yeah, I, I've been doing this Podbean for a little over two years now, and you might find me on other Podbean live shows as a co-host and contributor. And 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 you gentlemen have, have got something great going on here, I must say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And y'all have an open invitation to check out some of the other shows, and I will work on tagging you on Twitter. If you're interested. oh, please do. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, and we're we're we're, we're always looking for uh, people, and and uh, the the uh, you know uh, the mo for bringing this back. I, I like to promote promote projects for people. I like to just have good conversations with people about you know uh, whatever's on on. Uh, the topics uh, going on uh, in the world, or just like uh, like we're talking about Weird Al today, talking about Elvis today. Uh, you know, these, these are things in the uh, in the public perception going on now, and just uh, whatever comes to mind, all over the place. It, it couldn't be a, much, uh, a more appropriately titled show as, as we bit from topic to topic. 
absolutely. Um, and then, you know, like I do like the old man's podcast show in the mornings. Every Friday we have like a promote your podcast day and we welcome people coming into the live shows to tell us a little bit about their show in the chat. Um, and, you know, and, and once we get to know you, he, he might even allow you to call in and tell us what your show is about. But but we also run a very clean show over there, too. I, 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 I can work. I can work. Uh, I can work clean. I, I don't got to be blue. Right. Um, and, then, and then you'll also discover some like comedy and music and, and other like news related podcasts. On sure. Too and, but 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 I think here on Podbean, we're kind of very like like community. We help each other out and help build each other up. And then we're, we always like to welcome newcomers with open arms. Especially anybody who might be new to Podbean. Uh, that is most definitely this show. Yeah, it's and, and I, I've liked the, the you know just uh, Podbean seemed like the you know for someone who uh, what are we used to what were we, what was the old uh, Radio Free Three Donia we, we we went through so many incarnations on that Jim I can't remember uh, what our our, our uh, what platform yeah. we were on there was, there there were so many at some point so right. but yeah just uh, j- jumping back into the, the the podcast world now which is it's a lot. A lot more littered, uh, and uh, just uh, it's uh, so Podbean. It's, it's been a, been a good fit so far. I'm liking it. So uh, again, th- thanks, Eric, for uh, for finding us, and uh, look forward to doing some cross pollination. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, look, look forward to you all d- doing shows like this again soon, um, and hopefully, I'll see, see you gentlemen around. Sounds like a plan. Likewise. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. And uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Eric down the line and uh, I'll look forward to, you know, uh, checking out some of the stuff and uh, please Eric, just contact me like, like a little private message or something, or just leave something here in the message board. And I will, uh, that, uh, the, the, uh, the one you mentioned on Fridays, if, if I can, if I can bip in, if I can, if I can check it out, definitely will. All about, all about building each other up. And, and y'all enjoy the, the rest of today. Thank you. You as well. And and on that note, it's it's looking like I, I got to uh, I got to get rambling here, but it's uh, I got a game way out in uh, in the hinterlands here in uh, it's it's the metro 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 Phoenix area to the point where it's almost the metro Tucson area. So that's where I gotta be today. But I want to tie in uh, Elvis and Weird Al, and unfortunately, there's no accordion. I, you know what? I was gonna play one more minute, which was more a style parody of uh, Al doing. Uh, Love Me, I think, was the Elvis song that inspired him on that one. But I want to do some accordion, Jim, if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, I think I can allow that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're going to go back to, I believe this is the uh, the first time Al did, like, and, and even though he is, uh, hasn't been as uh, accordion-centric in recent years, his uh, every album he does do a polka-themed uh uh, tapestry of songs, a medley, and th- this was uh, one of the. This is the first one, if I'm not mistaken, in my uh, Al chronology. And AJ and Ryan, if you're checking this one out, you, you can correct me as possible. I, I don't mind a, a mea culpa on this one, but uh, as far as I know, this is Weird Al's first one, and which uh, in and of itself was kind of a take on the Stars on 45, which was popular on the old Casey Kasem. This is, a, I believe, Stars on 45 went top 20, maybe even gone top 10, which was a, a pastiche of of Beatles songs, but this is Weird Al Yankovic, and uh, it's Polka's on 45. Jim, as always, thanks for joining us. It, it, it just, uh, things go by too quickly on this, but, uh, which isn't a bad thing. So, uh, we'll be back. Uh, you know, we're, uh, next show up, we have, as I mentioned, Dr. Graham Spanier, former Penn State president. We're going to be promoting his book in the lion's den, and that'll be coming up next week. So thanks for checking us out here on Podbean. This is Eric Provazic and Jim Culver signing off from all over the place, dot, 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 A-O-T-P, and hear you speak with you soon. Weird Al Yankovic, Polkas on 45. Take care, everybody.
Well, I'm your mother. I'm a man. I'm a one night stand. Am I bi? I'm a man. I'm your slave. Got a fever of 103. Come on, baby, do you do more than dance? I'm hot blooded, hot blooded. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. You gotta let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time But you gotta let me know Well, well, well Should I stay or should I go Talking about my generation. Hope I die before I get old. Talking about my generation. Hope I die before I get old. Talking about my generation. Hope I die before I get old. 